Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings, fans of the esoteric, and welcome to Madame Magenta Solace Mystica Season 3. You know, Bernard, we need a proper subtitle for this season. I can't keep saying Season 3 every time. Where's the poetry in that? Yes, yes. Maybe we can ask our audience to come up with something snappy. Oh, do we trust them? Well, we could ask them to choose from a selection of options. A selection of options? That means we have to come up with several titles, not just one. Oh, God, Uh, yes. Oh, you know what? I've had an idea. We could bibliomancer title. Oh, Much easier. Yes, of course. Let the mystical spirits of the etc, etc, blah, 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 A- choose. Absolutely. I mean, why keep a dog and bark yourself? That's exactly. what I always right. say. Okay, this might not work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll give it a go. We just pick a book, you tell me the number, and then whatever we land on, that's the title. Uh, right. Well, which, which book should we use then? Well, we've got two Star Wars graphic novels and Edgar <laughs> Allan Poe collection of stories. And, and a YA novel. Let's go for the YA novel. Oh, all right. Why not? Yes. So this is The Undying Tower by Melissa Welliver. It's a YA dystopian novel. It's very exciting. Anyway. All right, so uh, let's have number 67. 67. Right, give us... Give us... Three. Me and smiles. Don't give him any excuse, she says, and gives. So we could call this season "Don't Give Him Any Excuse." I mean, it, uh, it's... that's actually that could that could relate very strongly to our adventure, Bernard. Yes, it really could. It's not it? a thousand miles away from mm. the crux, the central thematic thrust of the adventure we experienced. It's also quite similar to quite a lot of the advice that you give as well. Yeah, don't don't, don't give, give him any excuse. Yeah, really. yeah. So that's pretty good. Don't I... give him any excuse. So there we go. Thank you, Melissa Welliver. Wonderful. That worked very well. For your wonderful title for season three. Okay, now that's sorted. Let's continue with the reading of the journals. The 12th of May, 2021. Ah, now, on the 12th of May, I only wrote a recipe for oeuf bourguignon in my diary. Oh, oeuf bourguignon. Yes, now that, that's a classic bourguignon sauce. Okay. So red wine, onions, butter, drizzled over hard-boiled eggs. Oh, it's, it's a very windy dish. But it hits the spot when you have the munchies, let me tell you. Yes. Bernard is a genius in the kitchen. Oh, well, thank you, dear. Maybe, maybe there'll be space for a few recipes in this season. Oh, maybe. Anything could happen when you don't plan anything. Absolutely. <laughs> so, oh, uh, before we begin, thank you to the listeners for getting in touch after episode one. We had a message from a fan, actually, didn't we, about the adverts that are now dotted throughout the podcast. Oh, yes, we have adverts now. Yes, the thing is, we don't actually know what's being advertised half the time, unless we're reading it out ourselves. They just bung in random adverts. Yes. Although we have specified no weapons manufacturers, no homeopaths. 
So, but anyway, so our listener informed us uh, that an advert for the Kardashians has been playing. <laughs> Not the galactic imperialists who tortured poor Captain Picard. No, darling. That's the Kardashians from Star Trek. Oh, yes. You course. know the Kardashians? Yes, yes. You know, they have that reality show where eight or nine sisters sit around and, in their giant house inventing things to be upset about. Yes, it's like a modern Chekhov play. It's exactly like that. Shall we read the journal? Oh, yes. I'm dying to find out what happens next. You were there. Yes, I know. I'm just trying to get in the spirit. I'll start the diary music now. All right, OK. Here we go. Right. Dearest diary, in whom I share my deepest fears and most outrageous dreams, hear ye, hear ye my confession. Good heavens. I am writing this just gone seven in the evening, while Bernard prepares dinner. In the distance I hear the familiar hiss of the blowtorch, and the air carries the scent of caramelised sugar and burning hair. Did I say car- caramelised? You, you said caramelised. As if you'd had, you know, quite a few It's a very hard word. Caramelised. There's a lot of R's and L's and M's in it. What a day it has been. My nerves are in bits. My evening martini is thoroughly shaken by dint of the violent trembling of my hands. Not that one can taste the difference between shaken and stirred martini anyway, can they? Can you, Bernard? No! No! No, it's a nonsense. There is no difference. Why does James Bond specify shaken, not stirred? Oh, is it one of those boring jokes that certain types of men inflict on bar staff? You know the ones, like handing over a £10 note for something that costs 9 95 and saying, keep the change, love, buy yourself something pretty, like it's charming, Ugh. stupid bastards. Stupid James Bond. Yes, yeah, awful. Anyway... <clears throat> Bernard's old bandmate Stephen is very much one of those types of men. Saving him from a malevolent spirit consequently feels even less alluring than it would normally. Especially as he's just the type to judge what I'm doing to save him while I'm doing it. Oh, are you really using that brand of holy water? Are you trying to kill me? I think I'll consult an actual priest, thanks. All said while I'm risking life and limb for the ungrateful sod. Stupid Stephen! I'm the expert, you pillock! Just shut up! Anyway, not that he actually said any of that when we arrived at his house today. In actual fact, when he answered the door, Stephen was exceedingly polite. Which is how Bernard and I knew instantly he'd been possessed. Lovely to see you both. Won't you come in for a cup of tea? Stephen inquired, smiling. Run, shouted Bernard. Actually, Bernard, do you want to do your line? Oh, yes, I'll do my line. All right. Run, shouted Bernard, and we did. Legged it back to the car quicker than you can say. The creature controlling Stephen was trying to kill us. And now we are back home, and I am pouring through the family grimoires. That's another word for diary. Trying to find out if there are any clues as to who bound my relative to the cursed bowl, why, and what we could do about it. Oh, yes, actually, that's not a bad idea. Maybe next episode we should read out some of the family grimoires, Bernard. Oh, yes. That's yes. a good idea, don't yes, you Yes, marvellous idea. Yes. Which grimoire did we use to find out about the the uh, the, the what's-its and the, the doodahs? Oof, that was dangerously close to revealing a big spoiler for what happens next, then. Well, well, it was the grimoire of a lady of my family from the 19th century by the name of Madame Maybelline. <gasps> was she also esoterically gifted? No, she was born with Maybe it. Maybe she was born with it. <laughs> Uh, In actual fact, she was totally normal for most of her life, so she wasn't born with it. She wasn't born with it. She grew and sold herbs and mushrooms. Yes, that was her job. But after years and years of experimentation with aforementioned herbs and mushrooms, she fell into a deep trance. 
and when she awoke, she declared she'd made a deal with an entity. Never a good idea. Never a good idea. No, no. If if a mysterious robed creature appears to you, you've never seen them before, you don't know them from Adam, and without references or anything and just offers to cut you a deal, don't take it. People are very quick to make deals with they these really characters. really are. I mean, they? go on Trustpilot, at I least. I mean, honestly. Yes. And anyway, so after the deal with the entity, she she said to all and sundry she would henceforth be known as Madame Maybelline, the demon catcher. Yes. So perhaps in the next episode, I shall read extracts from her grimoire. Gosh. Do you know, I had a relative from the 19th century who discovered a new kind of potato. Well, we shall have to read his diaries in season four. Yes. Although talking of science, because that's sort of scientific, isn't it? It's somewhat scientific, yes. I suppose. Yes. So uh, that's the theme for today's letters. Yes. Do, do we have a letters jingle, Bernard? Yeah, yeah, yes, we do. Yes, I made one last time. Oh, good. I never listened to the episodes. So. Letter time. Letter time. Letter time. Letter time. Right, so the, the theme is science, because we all have science problems, don't we? Yes, uh, yes. I mean, science I don't know what that is... Means. Pla- well, <laughs> you know, we've been plagued by all sorts of science for the last couple I of mean, years. I mean, haven't... Well, science has kind of been the saving grace, really. Well, I suppose so. the people ignoring it have not been. For those of you who would like to write in with your problem for next time's episode... <laughs> what are you smirking at, Bernie? He said next time's episode, which is a funny way of saying <laughs> next episode. Yeah, I can't remember how frequently these episodes Well, at the moment, they're going out every couple of weeks, so... There yeah, we so. go. So what's just tell him the email? Address. All right, so you can write to Madame with an E, Magenta UK at gmail.com, and you can also reach out on Twitter at Madame Magenta UK. And the subjects, well, what subject shall we do? I'll give you a list, Bernard. You oh, can choose. All right. So sleep, pets, adult friendships, existential dread, <laughs> sound, <laughs> sound, sound. <laughs> fandom. That's the list we've made. That's the list you've made. All right. What about, yeah. what about um, uh, sleep? That's quite an interesting All right, one. sleep. So if you've got any problems with sleep, maybe uh, what's that thing that sits on your chest? Uh, the, the hag. Yes, the hag. Yes, well, yes. That sounds like, that sounds like our sex life, Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, no, there's a there's a tale of a hag who sits on your chest as you sleep and uh, scares the bejesus out of you. That's right, sounds horrifying. Yes, anyway. So, yes, uh, but this week's topic is science. All right. Our first one is from Ryan and Hamish from Birmingham. From Birmingham, all oh, right, so there's a clear accent there. So. Yes. Good evening, Magenta. As a recent but extremely excited listener, a newly converted fan of the esoteric and also Bernard, I'm hoping you can help me with a problem. I adopted my very lovely cat, Amish, photos attached for reference, in October of 2020. He was an ex-street cat who I adopted from a rescue centre. He adapted very quickly to domestic life at first, but then in around April this year, he started pissing everywhere, seriously (laughs) everywhere. It would be faster for me to list the places he hasn't pissed than where he has, my bed on three separate occasions in the same night <laughs> with a particular low point. Oh the vets have looked at him and there's nothing medically wrong. <laughs> what could the problem be? What can I do to help him not use my everything as a litter box? Thank you so much. Magenta, Bernard and Dave from Ryan and Amish from Birmingham. Uh, 
there's nothing medically wrong with him. <laughs> he just loves pissing. I reckon he just got relaxed. You know, it's, uh, it takes a few weeks to, for a rescue pet to chill out and feel at home. He might as have soon been... as he did, he started pissing everywhere. I mean, he might have been holding himself for three weeks. Maybe. They are astonishing cats. The, the, the things they can do. Can they really hold... They can't do that. They so they'd be pissing them. solids. Yeah, but they can hold themselves for a very long time. And they get all of, almost all of their moisture from food. They don't really need to drink very much water at all. Well, that's that's really not relevant, but yeah, but that's, that's, just, that's a, just a cat fact. That's a cat fact. <laughs> All right. So this is a very amusing problem. All right. Because you can't give up this poor little Hamish, can you? No, can you, Brian? Not. not without being the worst person in the world. So you're just either going to have to put up with a pissy house, or we're going to solve your problem. So. Well, we'll do our best. Ex- excellent problem this. This is the kind of calibre of problem I enjoy. We, more like this, please. I mean, this is a very high standard of yes. letter, isn't it? Yes. Although if it's too similar, any more pissy cats, we might not go with it. Anyway, so what what shall we do? Let's ask Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar! Yes, because he likes animals, doesn't he? He famously... There's a raven. He loves animals. Is there anything else? Probably. <laughs> You're right. Give us a number. Uh, 73. 73! Dooby dooby doo. And this is a collection of stories. So oh, this right. story is MS found in a bottle. MS found in a bottle? Yes. Right. Yes, why haven't they written message? Message found in a bottle. It is just that... says MS. Oh, right. Is, is, the, is it message? Is that what MS is Well, I assume so. What else is it going to be? But multiple sclerosis. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's called MS found in a bottle. Interesting. So they were doing text speak. Wow. All the way back when. That Give us good. another number. Uh, five. One, two, three, four, five. Hulk flew at a rate defying computation before rapidly. Hulk? <laughs> yes. Was it, did Edgar Allan Poe actually come up with the character of... I know, and he's never credited. It's, it's awful, terrible. isn't it? It's awful. awful. I mean, he's never recognised in his lifetime. Although, really, the Hulk is actually the, the tale of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, it really, isn't really it? really is. So that's, yes. that's, and uh, that's what's his face? Robert Louis Stevenson. That's yes. him, yes. Yes. Anyway, Hulk. Okay, so Hulk. So I think Hamish is hulking out. He is. Yes, that's what's happening. He's going into an altered state and pissing everywhere. So you've got to figure out what the trigger point is for this altered state, Ryan. He, he might have a, a sort of, a, you know, a, a kind of a, a safe word, a, a code thing, a bit of programming that brings him down, like like Scarlett Johansson does in the film. She oh, says, in, in oh, Black son's, Widow. hello, buddy, son's going down or something like that. And then it calms him right down. So you just need to find his safe word. Right. I don't think that's going to work with Hamish. It's probably not going to work. <laughs> but, uh, yes, yeah, so he's... Uh, what was the rest? Uh, flew at a rate defying computation. That means you can't figure it out. It defies computation. Ryan, you're never going to figure this out. So <laughs> it's really back to the, what we said in the first place, isn't it? You know what? Wipe clean surfaces. Ah, Marvellous things. Go. Nappies. Nappies exist. Yes. Yes. They Cats love wearing nappies. Well, what does the Hulk do, uh, aside from that string of words... To, to come back to normal? Well, uh, he sort of eventually just winds down. If he gets knocked out by, the, you know, Tony Stark... There you go, big, knock him knock out. Knock him out, there you go. Put on a big sort of Tony Stark-style robot suit and just punch his lights out. <laughs> then he won't be No, pissing. no, we sound like we're condoning animal cruelty. We no, certainly we're not. are not. Ryan, I hope that was helpful. Well, I tell you what else. Eventually, he learns to live as Hulk quite peacefully, doesn't he? So, yes, there's no escaping the piss. That's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. Yes. I mean, if the vets have cleared him, there's nothing medically wrong with him. So He's he- just doing it for... The piss and giggles, so isn't he? So you have to love him for who he is. Yes. He's, he's looking at you. 
He's staring you in the eyes while pissing and asking you to love him. And are you going to? Yes. Maybe that's it. Love him harder, Ryan. Yes. Love the piss out of him. <laughs> Thank you for your letter, Ryan. Good luck with Hamish. And maybe only mix and uh, with friends who don't have a sense of smell. Ooh, COVID might help there. Oh, yes. Yes. Could be. Yes, and any significant others. Maybe if they're still suffering the neurological damage of COVID, then they won't mind the piss smell. <laughs> There's a bright side to almost everything. Yes. All right, let's move on. Okay, so next is um, uh, friend of the show, Newton Green. Ah, yes, Newton has written Who has requested before. a Tim Curry accent. Tim Curry? Oh, goodness. Uh, which, what era of Tim Curry, I wonder? Well, his sexiest. His sexiest. Well, so many people would say Frank, but yes. I would uh, actually posit that he's at his most sexiest in Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> Is that where you got your boner for him? Oh, well, I mean, you know, I'm only human, aren't I? I mean, you know, I haven't really seen it. Have you not? I've seen bits of it. It's wonderful. Tim Curry, what do I like him best in? I like him in The Worst Witch. Oh, when he sings that song yeah. that goes, Anything can happen, happen on Halloween. Halloween. Your sister could, could turn, turn into a, a bat. bat. All right, I'll read the letter in. You in, might get a... There might be a ghost in the bass guitar. All right, well, I'll read it in, in so that So he's got a sort of <clears> voice a like, like So it's a bit like, like a, Bowie, a David actually, Bowie, sort yeah. of, yeah, right, well... Hello, Madame Magenta. I hope you and Bernard are doing well. It is very good to hear you two again, as I have missed your lovely podcast. I have a question about vaccines for university students. I have made it back to campus at my university in person for my final year. As I have made it back, though, I realized a lot of people, including some of my friends, still haven't gotten the COVID vaccine, which makes me very nervous. Is there any way to convince my friends to get their two doses of vaccine? I hope you do have a lovely day from Newton Green. Well done, Bernard. It was not particularly Tim Curry-ish, but it was a lot of fun. Well, uh, if, if you do seek out the video on YouTube. It's extraordinary. Yes, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful work, song. Work of art. All right. So, oh, well, Newton... I'm not sure these people are deserving of your friendship. Well, yes. I mean, really, yes, they yes. are. But I mean, it's not as if we haven't... Uh, there hasn't been a lot of conversation yes. about the benefits of the vaccine. I mean, it is, it's pretty obstinate at this stage if no, you're not getting no, it. exactly. University is supposed to teach critical thinking. Yes, and I don't think this is really something that's up for debate. So, no, uh, but let's see what the spirits say. They're not always right, <laughs> just in case. But let's see what they say. So which one shall we get? I think probably a Star Wars would be appropriate for a, a, a sort of a good and evil question like this. <laughs> Do you think it's that black and white? I, well, I sort of think it is, because I think yes. it's not about you, is it? No, it's, it's about, about protecting others. Exactly. And that's what the Jedi are all about. Yes, right. Or is it? I don't know. They're a bit weird, aren't they? They are. Flippity flip, flippity flip. And stop. Okay. Give me a number. Uh, uh, a panel, a panel number. number one. Okay, so there's two chaps in robes. <laughs> did, did one of them have a beard? Well, yeah, uh, I don't know. They're turning away from me, and uh, one of them has got a half ponytail. Oh, inevitable. And beard. one of them's got a bun. Ah, right. So, and one of them's saying, subdeck four, port forward, but the hatch is sealed from inside. Yes, well, there's a bit of a bit of lingo there, but I wonder if we can make something. Subdeck four, port forward. So we're on a ship. This is the shipping forecast, isn't it? <laughs> but the hatch is sealed from inside. Well, you know, a ship is a ship. Yes. Is a ship. And if the hatch is sealed from the inside and you're stuck under under the deck, and you know what happens below deck at sea? 
Not specifically, no. What? <laughs> Often terrible sickness which yes. you can't escape from. That's true, yes. Yes. And you know what they used to do, actually, uh, during plague time? So if they knew a ship was coming with anyone on it that had the plague, they'd refuse to let it dock. They wouldn't let it dock, would it? Yes. Yes, yes, it'd be known as a plague ship. And they'd just have to float out there while everyone got the plague. Yeah. On the ship rather than bring it and let it spread. Right, yeah. Because you don't want to spread the plague, do you? It's one of those moral quandaries, isn't it? Is it a moral quandary? Well, I, I suppose... Oh, I see, like, do you save the people on the ship the who haven't the sh- yet been exposed? Yes, or do you expose everyone to it? It's a difficult question. Yes, yes. And it's the kind of question we don't have to face because we have vaccines. Exactly. <laughs> so really, we shouldn't be having this conversation. Yes, so when you have the option not to expose people, not to bring that ship to the shore... It removes the moral quandary, doesn't it? Because it's we don't need to have that moral quandary anymore. No, no, because the ship would come in, they'd go into quarantine. Exactly. And they'd probably be treated with some antivirals or whatever. And, uh, yes, so there you go. Jolly good. Hang on, what's the answer then? <laughs> you, you are oh, the... Oh, maybe it's history. Maybe, Newton, you tell them, you learn about the plagues, the various... There's been a lot of them. They have, yes. And then you just uh, maybe make up a nice pamphlet and slip it under their door. Oh, they'll love that. Students love educational pamphlets. They do, yeah, they especially do. sort of anti-vaccine students. Actually, you know what really works? So I used to smoke. Did I you? did, yes. And the only thing that stopped me was finding out it aged your skin. <gasps> it wasn't all the other yes. terrible things that it did to you. Yes. No, as soon as I found out I was giving myself wrinkles, I stopped smoking. So maybe, Newton, if you tell them that it, I don't know, gives you cheesy feet. Oh, goodness, yes. yes. Or no. some, something really like that'll make everyone else around you go, ugh, uh, gross. Yes, there were terrible dandruff. Yes, yes. Yes. Yes, or, or, or eyebrow dandruff. Yes. Because wouldn't that be awful? Yes. Nothing it, on your head, just, just... Just absolute mountains of eyebrow dandruff. Showers of eyebrow dandruff. Yes, yes, yes. Although actually that'd be quite visible then, wouldn't it? <laughs> Very contentious, this one, isn't it? Yes, why the hell did we pick science? Well, I don't know. Science was inevitably going to be a Well, you know what, though? You know what? These are very important issues, and, uh, okay, we talk a load of nonsense a lot of the time, but we also like to get to the root truths of humanity. Yes, yes, yes. It behooves us to stand up and be counted. Oh, so the next one is another friend of the podcast. Yes, yes. Ace. Ace. Hello, Ace. And Ace has not specified a particular accent, so you get to choose this time, Bernard. Well, I believe Ace is from Ireland, are they not? Yes. All right. But, so but I... we need a celebrity. That's this season's. Oh, uh, of course. Yes. All right. Conceit. Uh, I, shall I read uh, this letter from Ace in the voice of David Lynch? Yes. Hello, Magenta. Ace here. Firstly, I'm absolutely thrilled to the moon that you and Bernard are back again. You just sound like a Muppet. He does sound a bit like a Muppet, doesn't he? Mm. Perfect way to enjoy the last few days of 2021. My question to you is, we all know alcohol is a form of science. That makes me a scientist. It does. In some way, back in the earliest seasons, you and Bernard had cocktail time in every episode. Seeing as it's the holidays, what is your favorite drink for either Christmas or New Year's? Thank you and Merry Christmas to you and Bernard. Oh, I'm not sure the ether, the spirits, the other side is equipped to answer this for us. No, this is just a personal question. I don't think we need to do any bibliomancy for this one, maybe. You know what? There's something odd about me, Bernard. There's something odd about you? (laughs) Yes. I don't have any favorites. Do you not? No. 
I just cycle through different things. Everything has its season. It's a bit like one of our cats. We've got two cats. Yes. One of them likes to spend three days sleeping in a new place and then goes to another new place and sleeps there. He does, doesn't he? And then he? another just keeps swapping places, never never quite settled. And you try and you buy him a bed or something and he loves it for about three days and then he'll never look at it again. No, no. And that's exactly what I'm like with cocktails, with food. Not with husbands, you'll be pleased well, to Well, that is a relief, Yes. yes. So I don't really have a favourite. I like to try everything. Life is about gobbling up everything. Actually, that makes me sound like Elon Musk or something, doesn't it? Well... Ravenously consuming without thought for giving without back. Without giving anything back, yes. No. I, I personally have a, a thing that I do. Whenever we go on holiday anywhere, I always get absolutely obsessed with the local drink of choice. You do. So, you know, we went to Hong Kong and I ate nothing but bubble tea for the entire time. You know, taro milk teas. And then as soon as we get back, not interested at all. And in Florida, it was iced tea. Iced tea, yes, that's right. In Scotland, it'll be iron brew. I drink nothing but iron brew. And then... Uh, never back. So really, it depends where I am, I think, is the answer to my question. Do you know what? Let's find out what the favourite drink of the spirits on the other side is. All right, shall all right, we? Right, what should we look at? We, we could try Melissa again. Melissa Williver, the Undying Tower. Right, give me a number. Uh, sev- oh, I think I said 17 last time. How strange. All right, uh, 42. You always go for the small numbers, Bernard. Well, I never know how many pages there are in the book. Well, you can assume there's more than about 80. This <laughs> <laughs> is a novel length, isn't it? All right, 42, then... Uh, what number? Four. Four. Yeah, or you could see it as the Beatles are getting better. Is there a drink called a Beatle? Let's look it up. There's probably a beetle. I'm going to look up beetle cocktail. Beetle cocktail. Beetle cocktail. See, this is we're, we're doing a different kind of bibliomancy. It's called googling. Ooh, there is. There's a beetle stone cocktail and a beetle town special. Have a look at the beetle town special. Beetle town special. All right. So it's scotch, sherry, Benedictine. What's Ooh. that? Extract of monk. <laughs> I don't know. Lemon twist. Christ, that sounds. Oh, that's much, quite. It? That's that's yeah. That's quite an old-fashioned mix of very rich. Ooh, you know what this means, though. It's a Benedictine monk coming through to us through <gasps> the bibliomancy, oh. telling us that his favourite drink is scotch and sherry. I mean, it does seem like something a monk would sort of have in a little hip flask or something, doesn't it? It does. You know, secretly. Oh, oh, I'm just off to tend to my herb garden, secretly having a few swigs of, yes, of Benedictine. Yes. Or, you know, like those hats, uh, they're sort of baseball caps, and on either side of the head, <laughs> there's a there's a beer bottle. Yes, you get them at baseball games. And, and then there's two straws coming from the beer bottles into the mouth. Absolutely, yes, that's the right. Maybe a monk. Oh, no, they don't wear any. Oh, yes, they have hoods. They have hoods. So when their hood is up, they've actually got a couple of hip flasks got like upside a, down on either side of their head. A little Super Bowl hat with uh, hip yes, flasks. Yes, and a straw coming very subtly into their mouth and it's feeding them scotch. And that's why they're always bowing their heads. So our final question, I've, I've left this to last because it's quite contentious. Oh, yes, this one. This is very deep. This is a very interesting question. It's questioning the very foundation of who I am. Bernard. Philosophical, isn't it, this one? Yeah. So if Bernard is reading this out, says Colin, who wrote into us, right. I'm from Sunny Redcar in Teesside. Good Lord. I'd be amazed if he can give that accent a fair crack of the whip. Now, I think a Redcar accent is... A bit Middlesbrough? It's sort of, yes, a kind of mixture of... Of a, of a, a northeast of England with a bit of Yorkshire thrown in as well. Yes, so go on. <clears throat> Have I'll a give crack. it a go. Dear Madame Magenta, you work in the more interesting grey areas of the known world. How do you respond to the naysayers? The naysayers. That's quite good to say in that. Naysayers. How do you respond to the naysayers 
who would claim that because ghosts and the afterlife have not been scientifically proven, and as there has never been any definitive proof offered, these things cannot therefore exist. Kind regards, Colin Arnott. Well, I wonder what side of the fence Colin comes down on. Yes, he, d- he doesn't say, does he? No, no, he's keeping this very objective. Yes, like a like a good scientist, you might yes, say. Yes, yes. Well, Colin, the only way to find out if the spirits are real is to ask the spirits. <laughs> yeah, is it just, are you real? Yes. So, shall we go for Poe again? Ah, uh, well. Because that's, I mean, that's tales of the I mean, if he doesn't, boogly, if he doesn't give us anything, then I think that's our answer, really. Yes. So, this goes up to 451. <laughs> I see, you're giving me stricter instructions. (laughs) Let's have 365. 365. Feels like a sort of significant number. And give us another number. Two. Two. All right, so it says, Beating grew louder, louder. I thought the heart must... I mean, you can guess which story this is from. Oh, which one is this? It's the Telltale Heart. Oh, right, I don't think You don't I've, know this one? I don't think I've read that one. So a man kills this bloke. It's all from his point of view. It's very good, actually. Oh, right. I'm just going to tell you the <laughs> synopsis here. All right. Right, so he kills this bloke. And he's got all these justifications for doing it. Like, I think he's an annoying neighbour or something. Right, fair enough. And uh, he puts him under the floorboards. Oh. Anyway, uh, he becomes more and more convinced that he can hear the heartbeat. Oh, that's and then, so good. And then a police detective comes round. And he's like, oh, God, oh, he's going to hear the heartbeat of the person I killed. Oh, and uh, he's not going to, the police officer, because the man the, is dead. The man is dead. Yeah. Yes. But then he, he just he just goes a bit like, oh, fine. And, you know, there he is. I killed him. What are you going to do see. about it? I think that's how it ends. So this is sounds to me like a sort of a bit of a creepypasta where there's not really any supernatural business actually going on. No, it's, it's about madness. It is, isn't oh, it? Oh, dear. There's your answer, Colin. But on the other hand, we were guided to this answer that there is no real oogly boogliness. It's just uh, a form of delusion because that's what the story's about. Yes. We were guided to that answer by an esoteric method. I see. I.e. bibliomancy. It seems a bit perfect, doesn't it? So it's the spirits are going so it's like asking the spirits, are you real then? And the spirits going, Oh no. Definitely no, we're not. definitely not. Ooh. You know, slash S for sarcasm. Yes, right. Mm. Yes. Although I'm interested in your stance now, Colin. So do write in and let us know what you think. Oh, in fact, I'd love to hear ghost stories, demon stories, any stories at all from our listeners. Anything weird that's ever happened to you, write in and, and, and tell us. So that's it, maybe in addition to the sleep, which is officially the next uh, topic, but we, we could also have ghost stories. I mean, yes. that's that we'd never, never have we had a ghost story yes. sent in, which you think would be very obvious. Yes. Why has why it taken us this long? Yes, we haven't had anyone go and send a ghost story. Yes, sending you ghost stories. Why am I talking like this? Well, it feels we're talking about ghosts. Yes, but ghosts are 80% of our life, but. Yes, I know, but it feels it feels somehow appropriate to lower your voice in sort of reverence when you're talking about ghosts. Oh, you don't want to be reverent. They're, well, just, actually, they're just people. Actually, now that I've met some ghosts through you, my dear. I mean, like, it's like meeting the postman and, and being... It's like meeting your neighbour. It's like meeting someone's mum. Yes. I mean, or they someone's are just, uncle and, go, and being reverent. That's all they are, those I, people. Yes, they're just people. They were alive and now they're not and they're just hanging around. Yeah. So give them the respect they deserve. Which is sort of common decency, really. Yes. I mean, if it's the ghost of, like, an NHS nurse, give them more respect. Oh, yes, absolutely. If it's the ghost of a conservative MP, give them no respect. Very little respect, if any at all, yes. Case by case. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, Aaron, we we have another one. Another one has just come in on Twitter. 
Well, it hasn't just come in. It came in last night. But, oh, I, but we, it's, it's just come in, everyone. <laughs> Hot off the press. So Aaron from Twitter. Yes. And I happen to know he's a keen D&Dier. Oh, he is, isn't he? Very keen. Yes. Do you think D&D has an accent? Well, uh, I suppose all of the individual sort of characters and uh, and types that you can be. Don't of... you think it'd be quite Shakespearean in that sort of, you know, quite grand manner? Yes, or, I mean, a uh, sort of Tolkien-esque, uh, sort of portentous delivery. Oh, good. Right. So in that case, oh, well, just do a Gandalf. A Gandalf. Oh, right, 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 so read Aaron's tweet in right. Gandalf. Okay, so... What's the science behind shopping at Christmas? What are the top tips that the big boffins aren't sharing? That's pretty good, wasn't it? Yes, well, your, your accent. My Ian McKellen is, is rather well I mean, refined. we've exercised it quite a lot. I mean, he is very, very powerful. So what an interesting question, Alan. Do, do, we, do you really need a scientific methodology for going onto the internet and buying presents. I mean, if anything, it's easier than it's ever been, isn't it, Aaron? <laughs> I mean, science-wise, uh, if we're talking technology, science yes. and technology, you know, it, it has made it particularly easy. Yes. But you want me to ask the spirits about the scientific methodology of shopping. <laughs> <laughs> they'll sure, come, why they'll not? come up with something, won't yes. they? So what book shall I use? Uh, I, well, uh, shall we finish with Star Wars again? Yes, yes, let's finish. We're going to use right. the other book this time. Star Wars Rise of the Sith. Oh, goodness, I'm not sure we want to ask them about it. Flip, 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 stop. Ooh, it's, what's his face? Darth Maul. Oh. And a green person with two big things hanging off his head. Ah, is it a, a, a Twi'lek or, a, or a, one of those Viceroy types? And he's got a brown robe on. So give us a panel number. Uh, two. There are, okay, there are no dialogue. Just a picture. Let oh. me tell you what I can see. It's Darth Maul looking a bit pleased with himself, and he's sort of about to grab hold of an airborne stick. <laughs> <laughs> so he's catching a stick, like a dog. <laughs> and he himself, you have said previously, looks a bit like a tabby. He does. He has the, the, all of the markings of a tabby cat, Darth he Maul. He does, yes. Yeah. Oh, sort of Hellraiser tabby. You've asked me, what, what, you know, the Phantom Menace. Which one is that? Oh, it's the one with the tabby. Although tabbies are much nicer than natures. Yeah, that's true. All right, so I hope that answered your question. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, uh, the stick, though, looks like a technological science stick. Sure. Because it's got, it looks like it's man-made. Right, or yes. Or Sith-made or whatever. Yes, yes. It's got little nobbles on it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it's long and thin. Like a Christmas wrapping paper roll. Right, uh, yes. Which suggests to me that the only scientific methodology you should worry about is the geometry of wrapping your presents. Oh, yes. Yes, and maybe this is something you're struggling with, Aaron. And you just couldn't bring yourself to ask me. Perhaps as well, it may it must be said that the the, the sort of the act of giving and all of that is what it's all all about, really, isn't it? The actual thing itself is not. not so really you should that concentrate much. on the the wrapping. Do some amazing wrapping and have absolutely nothing inside. Uh, yes, what go all the way. And then when they look confused and upset, say it's the thought that counts. <laughs> yes, exactly. There we go. Well, sometimes let's get a clarity one. All right. Well, all right, we can do. Let's, Let's let's go to infinites, Star Wars infinites, to oh, right. a bit of clarity. One. Okay, so let's have spin, 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 spin. Gentry is flipping pages flip, 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 flip. and stop. Okay, panel uh, four. One, two, three, four. Uh, so it's something that looks a bit like the tin can, the bin thing. 
R two D two is that what you're talking about? Yes, right. and I don't I don't know who he's with. Anyway, it goes boom. It's the end. Eject, eject. Oh, this one talks. This bin talks. The other one doesn't. It what? goes beepity beep beep. That's true. Yes. Why I is mean, this one chatting? Well, I wonder if it's a translation because everyone can understand what his beepity boops mean. No, no, he's having a chat in the previous one as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Goodness. A new a new class of astromech droid. Oh, it's the gay robot. Oh, what, it's C-3PO. Well, I think so. He's gold. Well, and he's a robot. Probably the same. Well, so why is R2-D2 talking? I suppose that... It, uh, Look, he's going in this panel, he's going, what the? Like, <laughs> what, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> well, I mean, he, he can sort of talk, R2-D2, and it's just in a language that we d- don't know, but everyone understands what he's saying, so maybe this is just a direct translation of what he's saying. So the other panel just said, boom, and it's the end, did it? Yes, and R2-D2 going, it's the end, eject, eject. So he's more dramatic than you think. So it's a good message for Christmas, isn't it? Yes, it's the end. <laughs> it's the end of the year, Adam. I wouldn't worry about it. That's what they're saying. Just e- eject. Yes. Yeah, just eject yourself from worrying about Christmas, basically. And there is no method. Hang on, what is the scientific method? Maybe we should talk about that. <laughs> the scientific method, I guess it's proving something, isn't it? So it's going, I've got an idea, a hypothesis, and then I'm going to do some experiments to find out, to test my idea. Yes. And then uh, if it supports it, you go, oh, brilliant, I'll do a few more to see if it's definitely right. And yes. if it doesn't, you go, oh, that's a shame, I'll keep going anyway, and I'll try try lots of stuff. Yes, and then you write a conclusion about what you found. Yes. And- so I suppose um, if your hypothesis is that uh, Christmas is a time for presents, yes, then you buy lots of presents and you give them out and you see the amount of joy versus the amount of landfill. Ah, uh, or yes, yes. And right. uh, then you can work out scientifically whether it was worth it. And, it. and if it turns out not to be worth it, then maybe in future years you just present them with this sort of scientific paper that you've written and then offer that as a justification for why you haven't bought them any presents. Yes, that's the gift I give to you, my my lad. Is this the what's gift this of... voice you're doing, Bernard? <laughs> it's the voice of the patronising person trying to teach someone a lesson instead of giving them a present. Oh, I see. It, I, it's, it felt like a very appropriate voice. It's very confusing. Yeah, well, yes. Well, the, the, your gift this year is the gift of critical thinking. I think our, our gift, Bernard, to our listeners is yes. a uh, the gift of critical thinking, and also occasionally. Asking for advice from invisible creatures who live in a different plane of existence to our own and who aren't necessarily any brighter than us. I suppose that is an important thing that we keep coming back to. Yes. So it's about uh, soliciting as many ideas uh, and answers as possible and then cherry-picking what you want depending on what you want to believe. Great. That's not critical thinking, is it? No. Good. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad we cleared that up. I don't think this is our subject, Bernard. Well, maybe we'll have better luck with ghost stories and sleep. And your recipes for oaf, <laughs> oaf burgundyon. <sighs> okay, so uh, this is the podcast before Christmas, so Merry Christmas to you all. Yes. Or Happy Holidays, or um, Merry Yule. Yes. Or a Happy Hanukkah. Yes. Uh, or whatever, whatever it is you're doing, have fun. Merry festives. Yes, knock yourselves out. <laughs> Maybe we should sing a song, Ben, okay. to because uh, we don't know how to finish this, to um, see us out. I know, I will think of a song and I'll start singing and you think of a song and start singing at exactly the same time and we'll see if we're perfectly in tune. All right. One, two, three. 
Ring, oh, ring, 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 banana phone. Oh, it didn't work. It didn't work. Well, there we go. Merry Christmas to all. <laughs> Goodbye. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. This is routine update log number six for Dr. Edison Tucker concerning my research into the town of Jerusalem, Oregon, and the existence of the supernatural, paranormal, mythological, etc., etc., blah, blah, blah. Anyway, since arriving, I've definitely encountered some stuff that could be classified under weird ass. I mean, where else does putting lamb's blood on people's doorways actually work as pest control? And nobody in town will talk to me about the picnic area near Lincoln's farm. Although, could be because everybody thinks I'm one of those monster hunting idiots. Which I'm not, okay? I am an experienced professional who takes my work extremely seriously, and I am going to prove this if it's the last thing I ever- oh, Dr. Tucker, what have I told you about keeping samples in the fridge? Although, to be honest, I think the biggest mystery on my hands is how I'm going to survive living with Lucille Kensington, stuck-up extraordinaire. So, if you guys don't hear from me again, it wasn't something in the woods that got me. Probably. Where the Stars Fell. Available now wherever podcasts are found.